Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I started off with nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, I was a single mom. I didn't have a partner at the time. Things have changed. (laughs) But it it was extremely difficult um, trying to juggle that. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. I call it actionable empowerment. Every single episode, you'll hear the story of a fantastic woman in tech, from engineers to founders to investors to journalists to designers, all sorts of different females in tech who have thrived. I want to share their stories with you so that you can know what resources, mentors, and life situations they accessed in order to get to where they are today. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast here in Phoenix, Arizona, connecting and collaborating with the most inspiring women in tech in the world. Yes. And today I have Sarah on the show here at Act, produced by Tick, uh, Chick Tech, Tick Tech, blah, 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 produced by Chick Tech. It, it, so awesome. So many heart driven leaders. I feel a complete privilege in being here. Sarah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, Sarah, this is your first podcast. It is, yes. But it's not your first time with audiovisual gear because you're a photographer too. I am, but I'm typically behind the scenes. So that that is just like a side hustle for myself. Right? Um, but I'm usually not in front of a camera or microphone. So I'm usually <laughs> behind it. <laughs> well, this time you are in front of it. Um. So okay, wait. You are taking pictures of Act. Yeah. How long have you been with Chick Tech? I've been with Chick Tech for two years. I'm actually the uh, high school program director for the Seattle chapter. Nice. And um, tell me, well, let's start from the top. Go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and tell them a little about who you are and what you do. All right. Uh, so Sarah Bromling, um, I am the high school program director for Chick Tech Seattle. Um, it is a volunteer gig. So my full-time job is actually a cyber analyst for a startup called Rubica. So, and what does Rubica do? So Rubica provides uh, like concierge private cybersecurity for um, high net worth or executive level individuals. Very cool. And they need it because yes. everybody wants to crack into their iPhones. <laughs> exactly. I remember like the whole Paris Hilton scandal. And I think there were scandals recently, too, of just their data on their phones being taken. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a huge, they're huge targets, especially if you are in a certain net worth, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a target. Oh, for, you're banking. Yeah, exactly. Oh, trippy. Mm-hmm. So people pay, how do you say it? Rubica? Rubica. Rubica. People pay Rubica a subscription fee or something? Yes. So, uh, it's a service that we provide, uh, and then we have, um, live analysts uh, monitoring their data and making sure that there's no threats found. And if there's any threats, then we communicate immediately uh, with any remediation that may need to be done. Um, and so it's it's a much more like personal, private, um, like concierge service. Yeah. Yeah. White, kind of white glove. I mean, how many threats do you see a day or a um, week? There, there's quite a few. Uh, we, it ranges from 
you know, <clears throat> um, plain text data tra traversing the internet. So that means like if somebody were sitting uh, man in the middling right. uh, the session, they would be able to see potentially uh, credentials. So username, password, if, oh. if, they, if that website or service isn't encrypting that data. Um, and that's probably one of the bigger um, threats out there, uh, particularly because uh, your credentials can be seen, right? So your, your email login or your uh, banking information or whatever that may be. Crazy. Uh, I would say the second one, or, you know, um, well, I, w I w let me go back. The number one threat, I think, would be phishing attempts. So that's where uh, social engineering comes in, where people, you know, send an email pretending to uh, send you an invoice, for example, um, which isn't, you know, it's not a real invoice, but you click on it and yeah. you put in your credentials and all of a sudden they've captured that. Yeah. So. so this week I had malware on one of my websites that thank you to my friends at you know, one of my friends from Build for tweeting me and saying, uh, I think your website's been held hostage. Like hijacked. Uh, yeah. And so it's a thing. It's, yeah. It's a thing. And I was like, why would anybody want to bother my website? And then my hosting provider said, you know, sometimes it's just random. It's not a personal thing. It's just. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really depends on, on the individual behind the attack. I mean, some of it can be automated. Some of it can just be randomized like that. Uh, it could be, you know, some people may hold it for ransom, right? Right. Like, okay. Hey, like we've hijacked this now. Pay us to get it back. Right. Um, or it could be more targeted. So like the clientele that I deal with, it's probably more like a target. You know, they've done the research. They know who they are. They want to target this individual because they're worth X amount. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Okay. When did you first become passionate about the world of technology? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think back. Uh, I want to say 20... 12. Right. Uh, that's when I... About six years. Yeah. So I... Uh, let me... I, I was in... <laughs> I'm going to go back now. Yeah. I was in Spain. Um, I had just had my my child. Yeah. Uh, I have a... Well, she's seven now. Uh, I moved back to the States. I didn't have any formal education. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. <laughs> Uh, so I decided to enroll in college, right. and I actually enrolled as a medical administration um, right. like degree to begin with. This is crazy because none of this has to do with tech yet, and which is amazing. Like I know you're going to get there. I'm like, how? That's okay. So um, I was, you know, a, a poor single mom. I was on financial aid. I was on work study. I needed to find a part time job, and I ended up getting a part time job at the IT help desk at the college. Uh -huh. um, and this college that I went to had a um, a pretty reputable IT program. And at the time, I, I had no idea like what that meant at all. Right. Um, and after after about six months of working at the um, help desk, uh, one of my co-workers actually suggested that I switch my degree to something in tech because I, I definitely had uh, a passion for it and it was something that I thrived in. Right. Uh, and I was actually flip-flopping back and forth between web development and this uh, for computer forensics um, information security degree. And what really like tipped the scales for me was my boss at the time told me that I wouldn't like and I wouldn't be good at uh, digital forensics or uh, network security because uh, I'm a girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that just like motivated you right. to be like, take exactly. this, bam, 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 Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I committed. I, I finished the degree, and 
uh, it just kind of went from there. So uh, after after I finished my my degree in digital forensics and information security, I actually pivoted to I worked at a nonprofit called Year Up, and I taught IT uh, to eighteen and twenty five year olds inner city underprivileged youth, right? Um, which provided them so they spent like six months with me in the classroom, kind of like a boot uh, boot camp style of training, and then we would place them in like six month internships at like corporate partners like Microsoft. Facebook, Google, right. uh, Amazon, those kind of places. No big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give them a foot, you know, a foot into the industry, right. uh, like a little leg up um, to kind of kickstart their careers. And what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges that you've successfully overcome? Um, I think, I, hmm, <laughs> that's hard. <clears throat> um, Honestly, I think maybe getting that over that hump of uh, the poverty, right? Like uh, I started off with nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, I was a single mom. I didn't have a partner at the time. That things have changed, <laughs> um, but it, it was extremely difficult um, trying to juggle that, right? Trying to trying to having okay. to pick my daughter up at you know five o'clock from the daycare, um, not being able to work after that, like having you know going home and then like prepping her for bed and putting you know and then doing the homework up until like one in the morning, getting up at six in the morning and doing it all over again. <laughs> Um, I, I, those first years were extremely hard, and I didn't know if I could make it through it. Um, but I, I'm glad I persisted. I'm glad that I, I finished strong, and uh, it worked out for the best. So I make, you know, I have a salary that I never imagined that I would be able to make. You know, back in a million dollars a year. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, and that kind of persistence, or you know, I'm constantly growing, I'm constantly pushing, pushing my boundaries, seeing what more I can do, because I definitely surprise myself in that situation, right? You never know what you can do until you do it, so. 100%. What resources do you access to, to develop your skill set? Um, I use a lot of self-learning, um, honestly. I, I, I watch at least two to three um, like webinars online. I take part of all of the free um, online classes that there are, like Code Academy, Khan Academy, uh, Cyber IT or Cyber IT, Linda, like anything. I'm I'm constantly learning, which I think what I love about tech is that you're you're a lifelong learner. If you if you're going to commit into this field, like it's not enough to just get your degree and be done with it. It's something that you always have to keep working at and be you know learn more. So. When when your first when your friend first suggested switch into an IT focused um, track in school, why did you think that would be the right fit for you? Um, I think I, by that time I had established a group of friends that were all in tech, uh, and I started to become more involved in the tech scene and seeing the opportunity there. And um, just really, I really wanted to jumpstart my career. I didn't want to have to like be in school for like ten years to be able to like get a good paying job. Right. Um, and I saw that tech was probably unique in, in the sense that industry is probably unique in the sense that you don't nececessarily need to have that like prestigious for your degree or any degree per se right. you need to be able to show what you can do um, be, to you know show your skill and um, I think I, I really appreciated that about the industry it wasn't about like what you had yeah it was about what you knew 
I love it. <laughs> and and why is ACT where we are right now? Why is this event meaningful for you? So I got in, involved with Chick Tech. I was working at Europe, um, and I really wanted to become more involved with the community. It was, it's, it's a nonprofit. really uh, had a huge presence in the community, um, but I wanted to expand more. One of the things that I noticed in the classes that I was teaching was a, a lack of women. Um, and uh, I ran across uh, a posting on, on Volunteer Match for Chick Tech, and it just sounded like an amazing organization. At the time, I was like, oh, this would be a great way to create a pipeline for for the, the Europe that I worked at. Um, and then it just kind of evolved into, um, you know, after getting to know the high school girls and the women that you were exposed to and just like the inspirational stories that you hear almost on a daily basis, uh, it really became a, a second passion for me, that, that Chick Tech community. Oh, I love it. And what, what has been your favorite moment here so far? At, at Chick Tech yeah. or at the conference? Both. Um, I think getting to know the, the caliber of women that um, that Chick Tech kind of entices into their community. Um, there's just some amazing women. As, as I'm and there's sure chapters that, all over the world. I think there's about 16 chapters now. We had our first international chapter open in Toronto, which is kind of exciting. Um, and I've visited two chapters, two out of the 16. So hopefully I'll be able to visit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I guess my favorite part about the conference, yeah. I loved Janice's keynote talking about um, how she got her start uh, and it, it just really helped you empathize with um, how this Chick Tech movement started because I'm sure that any woman sitting in that, in that audience at one point has experienced something similar. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> what can we see from you? Where do you want to go from here? Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm currently working as a, as a cyber analyst, and I'm, I'm excelling at threat hunting, which is something that I really enjoy. So that's like digging through the data, looking for the bad. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know the song um, Hunter by Galantis, uh-uh. uh, but that's like my theme song. <laughs> but I, I think... Right now, I guess my current goal would be moving towards like an SME position um, in that like threat hunting category, uh, which subject matter expert. Um, I've also been, uh, I was approached a couple times for like a technical account manager position, um, which I didn't take the job, but the job description definitely like piqued my interest. I'm going to see if I can um, carve that in eventually into my plans. Um, that's more of like knowing the technical and also being able to interface with a client and be able to speak you know, non-tech jargon right. and still explain like what you're doing. How did you find um, your job right now? Rubica, right? Yeah. So um, networking, actually, um, as cliche as that sounds, I, I do believe that networking is probably the most important thing that you can do, especially as a woman in tech. Uh, it opens so much, so many more doors. Um, trying to cold apply, like, it's just not not as effective. But, you know, I when I decided to leave my previous job, I really... Looking for a full-time job or looking for a job is like a full-time job in itself. Um, so I was out four times a week at networking events, meeting people. Um, however, this job opportunity actually came from a really good friend and mentor of mine um, who directly recommended me for the position. And it worked out for the best. So. Oh, I love it. Where can people yeah. find you online? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, 
It's, I don't know my URL. No, no, just spell your name. <laughs> oh, uh, my name's Sarah Bromling, S-A-R-A-B-R-O-M, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah, so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Two more final questions. What is your favorite book, professionally or personally, or both? Um, favorite book uh, is Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Um, I don't know, that that kind of like tragedy uh, really speaks to me that kind of like uh, had good intent, but you know, you know, things don't always work out for the best. <laughs> um, I, I would also say Siddhartha is probably oh, Siddhartha really good. is good. Yeah, by yeah. Herman Hesse. Um, professionally, um, I was recommended, I don't really read self-help books, but um, I was, can, can I swear? Yeah, it's a podcast, <laughs> fuck. Um, so the, probably the best self-help book I've ever read was The oh, Art of Ma- Not the Mark of- Ma- Yeah. <laughs> Mark, what is it, Mark Mason? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met him. Super oh, nice awesome. guy. Very normal guy. And it was, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, and your favorite tech tool? My favorite tech tool. Oh. Aside from Rubica, obviously. <laughs> I want Rubica to protect me. Uh, like app or? Anything. Uh, well, I so I'm in cybersecurity, obviously. Um, I really do enjoy, uh, I don't know if you know the... Kali Linux, which is like uh, it's a Linux distro specifically built for a security. So there's all these like pretty awesome built-in tools. I love playing around with Wireshark. That's like that's probably one of my favorite things to do. Is just kind of. And what does Wireshark do? Wireshark captures data, so you can. It's essentially man in the middling. Um, so you can see if you're connected to a network. You start up Wireshark. You can see all all of the conversations happening back and forth, and um, that's how really how we find threats um, too. So it looks like Wireshark is my new fave. Um, <laughs> and if you could give one piece of advice or insight to someone looking to enter cybersecurity who has no experience whatsoever, where should they start? Uh, really, I would say, I mean, it's a fairly new um, industry. Uh, unfortunately, I would say that most entry-level positions for cybersecurity require like five years of experience, which is ridiculous because if you're entry-level, how are you going to have five years of yeah. experience? Um, but I would say like really honing your skills. Like I even though that they say, yes, you need five years of experience, if you can prove that you have the capability of using these tools, you know, if you know what you're talking about, um, really like self-study. Um, yeah. That is probably the best thing that you can do is you have to have a passion for it. You have to have a drive to learn and to teach yourself. So, right. Yeah. yeah and, you d- and we'll include some of the self-study um, resources she gave us earlier in the conversation. Carl, our incredible teammate, we'll put those in the show notes. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Sarah, for being, taking photos, supporting women in tech, and being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I will talk to you guys. See you guys. All the things in the next episode. Remember to connect with more incredible collaborative people on the Women in Tech Facebook group, which is womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. And if you want one of the cool Women in Tech stickers, say hello on social at Women in Tech Show, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I will talk to you later. Bye. Women in Tech is an independently funded project funded by you, the community. So the way that you could support us is by going to patreon.com slash women in tech and making a small contribution. Every little bit counts. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash women in tech. Thank you so much for believing in our vision. 
Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.